0: This is Karen Hunter and welcome to The Hub. Most of everything that I do is about helping people or giving people the tools and the blueprint for self-sufficiency for agency to build their own lives and this conversation that I had recently with Erica Alexander cousin Pam from the Cosby show Maxine Shaw from living single uh, she's even been on Black Lightning and she's even in tech uh, building out a tech media company as well Uh, and Jaya Thomas who is a talent agent about Hollywood along with Drew McCaskill very insightful Uh, We had a conversation about what the future of Hollywood should look like in terms of representation. But it really starts with supply and demand. That's what this country is built on. Unfortunately, there's been a whole lot of supply from one community, a whole lot of demand of one community, and not a whole lot of income coming into that community. So it's time to shift the paradigm. If we have the talent and we have the, the thing that makes it hot, it's time for us to get what's due. But that means we have to know what our value and our worth is. And, and we have to stop on some level because it's complicated. Erica was talking. She said, um, you know, it's hard to get jobs if you're not represented by the right, quote unquote, people. So what does that do for Jaya Thomas? You know, so she can't get the clients because the clients can't get the work because the people, the studios aren't going to work with her, her clients, because she's not one of the, quote unquote, CAAs or, you know, all those other top names. And I shouldn't have just name them. But you know what I'm saying? So what do you do? Well, if enough folk, you know, and it just reminds me again, if, if the star athletes go to the HBCUs, then the world changes. If the star athlete decides I'm going to take my talents like the Michigan Fab Five did, instead of going to Michigan, go to Morehouse. Morehouse is still going to make it to the final four with those f- Fab Five. It's about knowing your collective power. And I recently got to see it with the WNBA players for the uh, Atlanta Dream. They have an owner who is horrific, Kelly Loeffler, inside a trading senator who was appointed, who says "Black Lives Matter is a, a, a leftist, or I mean, just horrible person. So what did they do? They put on a T-shirt that said, "Vote for her opponent. <laughs> Vote for her opponent. Now. You know, you go, man, they're biting the hands that feed them. Are they really? Or are they the talent? Are they the power? You can't go out and get a six-foot-three woman that can spin, move in the, in the paint and dunk. You, you're not going to be able to find that. on You can't replace them. So collectively, if they all did it, which they did, what can she do? She can't fire them all. If everybody on Kaepernick's team took a knee, we wouldn't be sitting here right now talking about Kaepernick taking a knee. There would be wholesale changes right then and there because they're not going to fire the entire football team. But because we don't understand collective economics or collective power, one person takes the sacrifice <laughs> or takes the, the hit for it and then, you know, loses his career what have you. Now it's safe to kneel all of a sudden. But he had to, he had to sacrifice his career for that. It shouldn't be that way. And collectively, these actors need to get together and all put their efforts with uh, black talent agents and make Hollywood capitulate and they will so but we had this conversation you'll be hearing it up next Erica Alexander Jaya Thomas Drew McCaskill and me talking about the future of Hollywood and this podcast is brought to you by Bombas that's right the most comfortable socks in the history of feet They literally rethought every detail of the socks that we wear and they're so comfortable. Uh, They have like no seam at the toe. They don't slide into your shoe. You know, that annoying thing. Nope. Uh, I wear the ankle socks. I got about 12 pair and you should go out and get about 12 pair too. Why? Because Bombas is not just about the socks. They're about people for every pair you buy. Bombas donates to someone in need. The generosity of the customers of Bombas have allowed Bombas to donate more than 34 million pairs of socks and counting. They even have 3,000 giving partners that help disperse these socks throughout the country. And it's so impactful if you're homeless, if you're out there in the streets, to be able to put on something clean every day. It goes a long way. It's a little thing, but it goes a long way. So go over to Bombas, B-O-M dot com slash Karen, K-A-R-E-N, 20% off your first purchase at Bombas.com slash Karen. Up next, Jaya Thomas, Erica Alexander, Drew McCaskill, and me talking about Hollywood. me Welcome to the show. She's been here before. She is, uh, you've seen her, Cousin Pam, of course, living single, Max, Maxine Shaw. Uh, She's on um, uh, Black Lightning and, and a host of other things. She's been here. Erica Alexander, a- E. Alex how are the you Great. Doing, hey, Karen. Hey, hey, hey Mama. Drake. How are you? How are you?
1: Just, you? know that's not your name, Drew. <laughs> like, Drew McCaskill. That's all right. All
0: of stuff. Drew got a Drake shirt on today. Yes, he does. <laughs> that's that's the college, though, Drew. I got
1: right? My name tag yeah, it sounds like it's the
2: definitely group. the college, but you know, shout out to Drake. Okay, yeah, no doubt to and him. I, I got him. my
1: name tag on because Erica bet you has messed up the spelling of my name, so I have to do do all this just so people know
0: right well, well girl, if we're being if we're being honest erica usually it's with a c that's what you know no, I now up, Eric, yeah. now
1: karen what would you know about uh, it please if we're being huh? honest
0: if, if we're being now honest were erica pro- spelled with a c so you know not the german with a k- spelling the german spelling Well, well, since I'm African, uh, and Erica Badu used the K A H, that is a direct nod to uh, Egypt and ancient Kemet. Anyway, we're not getting into all that. Let me welcome.
1: You just schooled me. Thank you.
0: Woo. All right. Let me welcome also for the first time. She is the uh, founder of Diverse Representation. She's an attorney. Uh, You can follow her at DiverseRepresentation.com. Let me welcome for the first time, Ms. Jaya. Thomas, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for
3: having
0: me. Yeah, all right. I've been trying to get, well, first of all, you were already booked on the show. And then I got, a, I got an Ali Ali Asim free from Erica. I was like, girl, girl we got to talk about this representation. I was like, I already got Jaya's already going to be booked. Well, I want to come on with her. I was like, okay, all right, well, we're going to have this conversation because it's important. It's important because I put out a tweet and I'm wondering, you know, Drew and I have been talking about this for weeks you know whether or not there's a window of opportunity and what does that mean and i think the window's very short i think we might have until november if then before white folk go okay we tired we done gave you statues in aunt jemima Just knock it off all right we we're That's sick right. of all of this black lives matter this,
1: this wind this yeah this wind doesn't have a long tail you probably right karen
0: So how how do we get the most out of it? And I'll start with you, Erica, like this moment, this movement, how do we get the most for, for representation? Because we know how powerful media is. We talk about Woodrow Wilson, birth of a nation was screened there. That's how powerful that film was that the president of the United States held a screening of birth of a nation because they understand when you put it in a film, it gets into people's souls and it can last a lifetime. So what do we need to do? You're right. So much of our
1: mythology has been um, digested for hundreds of years by us. And we regurgitate it like it's, it's fact, but a lot of it was fiction. So the biggest fiction was that black people were not, um, were not marketable. And they did it through story. They thought as athletes, they couldn't stop from us from showing that we we're not only marketable. People show up to see us show out. We're so good at that. Our singing can't be denied, our lyricism, all that, but our stories, had been going through one channel and had been siloed away from the the, uh, the great uh, excellence that we had shown through other, um, other channels. So right now uh, with representation, what you're seeing is that anybody who was prepared for this moment beforehand will probably be in some position to make some forward movement. People just getting it together now may miss a little bit of this big opening, but it doesn't mean that they should be... Um, um, you know they should still, you know, pursue it. And 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 since we're talking about representation, it's so difficult for people to exist because representation depends on how well your clients do and the commissions you can get from them. If your clients don't do so well, you can't exist, or you need so many you can't really give the type of intimate. Um, um, I don't know. It, you know, they need TLC. Attention. Yeah. So I know Jaya knows a lot more about yeah, you know, the inner workings of that. But one of the reasons why it hasn't worked so well is that not because people didn't try it because they couldn't sustain their business with
0: it. Let's talk about that. Cause I, I asked the question, I wonder how many of these folk out there preaching black lives matter actually have black representation, black agents, black managers, uh, black mm-hmm. PR reps. <laughs> you know, I, I know a handful of black PR reps. I don't know a whole lot of black artists, big time black artists, And they'll say, well, I can't get X, Y, Z job or opportunity, Jaya, unless I'm represented by you name it, you know, CAA or, you know,
1: there's a cabal out there and one of the things that they do is that they they uh they close the market so if you're at one of the big agencies you're guaranteed to get a whole lot of jobs that they don't even offer to the other smaller mid-sized and boutique agencies so i'm at actually a boutique agent and often the parts that come to us have already been cast they're doing it as a matter of course they've already given it to the people inside the larger agencies because not only do they um represent the writers. They represent the producer. They represent the director. And they represent the stars. That's how they get paid, by controlling those doors. So by the time it comes to other people, you might be able to get a fourth or fifth lead, but you're not getting access to lead roles. So often you're compelled, if you think you have a career, to go into those large agencies, and those large agencies have a very small um um cadre of, of people of color there to make you feel comfortable. But the people who are really doing the the aging are not them. They don't have as much power as say somebody like Charles King who was unusual. But I'm telling you right now, if Charles King was there, he was probably representing the Tyler Perry's the Oprah and all that. And he didn't have time for uh, you know, somebody like me coming in new. He they gave he built his reputation on building these huge brands, but he wasn't probably and not that he didn't want to looking to start an upstart that didn't either have that coming in or would need more, um, need, again, need more of a push.
0: Jaya, you know, when, when we think about representation, you know, I think about LeBron James is my biggest, um, example of this. Somebody who had major representation coming into the NBA groomed his boys, Maverick and Rich Paul and them, and then left mainstream and now is rocking with the people that he came to the party with. Is that the model? And, and I'm, I'm hoping that, do you think that that's going to happen with the big names, you name them, you know, Viola and Taraji and, you know, uh, Angela Bassett and all of those folks? Do you think that that's the, the model? I definitely think so. And,
3: um, you know, I have a lot more hope in the younger generation of black artists. Um, you know, I can count on two hands the number of black artists out here right now that
0: do you have black, black representation, Lena Waite actually has black, black representation and has all-black team. We can't hear you. Has um, can't hear you. Has- okay, okay.
1: Lena Waite. Can you hear me? Uh, your hair yes, is ahead. messing with your mic. Thank you. You might want <laughs> <laughs> to hey. flip, flip it. Can all you guys right, hear then, me now? Yes,
0: we can hear you, yes. It is beautiful okay. hair, Erica. It's beautiful, Jaya. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. Thank you. It is.
3: Um, so, I, as I was saying, I, I definitely have more, a little more faith in the younger generation of Black artists coming up. Um, because as of right now, I can probably count on two hands, the number of Black artists that actually have Black representation. I mentioned Lena Waithe was one. Issa Rae does have half her team is Black. Matthew Terry has an all-Black team. Kendrick Sampson has an all-Black team. Um, so these are a lot of the younger folks, you know, who are starting to be a lot more cognizant about having Black folks on their team. But, you know, with regard to this window Black Hollywood has right now, I think it's a little contradictory for a lot of Black folks to tell these studios, tell these networks to hire more Black people when they don't even hire Black people. You know, I think if we want to see change in the studios and networks, we have to be the change that we want to see. And I think a lot of us have to do a better job of hiring within our own communities. And, you know, I think as Black folks, we've made this industry so much money but we've made a lot of white people rich off of our creativity, off of our movie ideas, off of our, our television shows. And now is the time for us to do a better job of circulating that money within our own communities.
0: How did you get into this uh, representation business, Jaya?
3: Yeah, so I've been, I've been a lawyer for about 14 years now. Um, I started out in New York, working at a firm in New York, and then moved to L.A. about six years ago. And now I have my own practice. And what I was finding was about 90% of my clients are black but I was usually the only black person on their team. So I was their lawyer, but their agent was white, their manager was white, their publicist was white. And I'm just thinking like, wow, you know, we're making all these folks so much money that I started to ask a lot of my clients, why don't you have a black publicist? Why don't you have a black manager? And a lot of them would say, well, I don't know any, I don't know any black publicists, And so that's what prompted me to start Diverse Representation, which is just a database of all the black agents, all the black publicists, all the black managers. So now
2: no one can use that as an excuse as to why they can't find someone anymore. You know, Jaya, I, I've seen so many, uh, so many black celebrities uh, pass right by black media. Right. And it's, and it is a hundred percent because their white PR person says you already spoke to variety. You don't need to talk to the root. Okay. And I've seen that happen so many times as a PR career PR person myself. What's the mindset that's got to turn for that artist? Because at the end of the day, the artist has a lot of power. A lot of times their agent will say, here's my publicist I think you should go with, or here's my this that you should go with. What is it that's about the artist that has to happen? Definitely.
3: So unfortunately, I think there's a lot of black artists out here who still think that the white man's water is, you know, the white man's ice is colder. And I think that's a mindset that is probably going to take a little bit more time to change. Um, and even with regards to publicists, I mean, like I said, Issa Rae has a black publicist who has her own company. She's not at one of these big, you know, agencies that a lot of people think you have to be at. So I think also shining a light on black folks who are at these, you know, smaller black-owned companies and showing, you know, actually you can still succeed, you can still be successful, you know, with these smaller black-owned companies, I think will also help. But Unfortunately, I still think a lot of black folks, you know, have been brainwashed to think that if we go, if I go with a white publicist or a white company, you know, I'll have more opportunities.
0: E. Alex, the great Alex, uh, Erica Alexander, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) E-R-I-K-A. Why did you, why did you decide to, um, and and I I think I know the answer, but, you know, tell us, you know, what your impetus was to, to actually get and be intentional about black representation.
1: Well, you have to know that I've been in this game since I was 14 years of age, and there were no black people around that, and I'm not saying they weren't there, that were interested in representing me. That, it goes both ways. And I also think that there were so few that they would often position them in the room, and you think you were being represented by them, but again, they were in the room, but you weren't. And so once you signed a contract, you would be represented by a whole host, of agents, and that person, if they didn't have a particular uh, fondness for you or some sort of relationship, they didn't talk to you thereafter, or just you know say hello. They had no real commitment to your career or your ambition, and it wasn't. Again, I don't know the reasons for that, but now when you say, uh, like Jaya said, our own TV shows, our own, our own. No, we don't have our own TV shows, and our own this or that. We are bought and bought by five, six, seven huge. Um, um, mega media corporation and that's a fact you know if we can still look at football players and call those white men owners and say why are they doing this or this or that i say because they don't own themselves they negotiate their contracts and then they're able to do things outside of their contract and their obligation to the um, team that can build themselves so yes then they can have the representation they want as a um uh, as an athlete. And, but there are often many people who get into this business and I'm trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate where for decades, no one would look at you. And then suddenly you, your life and your career blows up a little later. And they said, well, why don't you have this or that? I said, because two for 20 years, um, these people devoted themselves to my career and they didn't see me as a color. And so for me to just say, Oh, bye. Y'all not black. I'm out. And they say what the devotion is, is that you created a a conversation and a relationship with people that's beyond skin color. It was about them believing in the the power of your artistry and your work. And they worked through that to get you to that point. And there's also a real loyalty to black people to stay there. I'm not saying it's always correct, but I'm saying it's much more of a difficult, complex conversation for the people who have been there. For new people, it's a little
0: easier. I thought you said you were represented by black people. That's why I represent. That, I have a
1: PR agent that represents me. My agent is white. That's Michael Green. He's Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Tessa Thompson was there at some point. Chadwick Bozeman tells a story about no one would represent him. Nobody. Michael Green did. And he tells the story when he won his awards. He said, thank you, Michael. You believed in me. Now, you don't think that he ran around and saw people who were black? They still said no, because they once they have a, a certain amount in their stable, they're like, I can't take on all y'all all because I need somebody to bring in the cash. And he wasn't the Bozeman we know now. They didn't know he was gonna be
0: Black Panther.
1: So then like everybody Green else.
0: So everybody else. Jaya Jaya wanted to you wanted to jump in on this? Yeah, yeah definitely.
3: You know, and I, I I definitely hear, you know, Erica's
0: point. Um but even
3: to the agent side, I mean agents that's only one piece of the pie, you know representation isn't just agents, it's also attorneys, it's also managers, it's also publicists, it's also business managers, it's also financial advisors. And I would be hard pressed to find one black person who saw black people in all eight of those categories, like really, really saw black people in all eight of those categories and all, all the black people they found in all those categories told them no.
0: You know, these cars today are like computers on wheels. <laughs> everything is electronically controlled from your transmission. They got the touchscreen displays, dozens of sensors, and you can't fix a single thing when these things break. So when something breaks in your car, it could cost you a fortune. I just had a friend go through this with one of her cars and guess what? $2,000. She wasn't covered, wasn't protected. So go now, Get covered. CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans. They're customizable uh, and they cover everything. Thousands of dollars can, can be saved. They cover everything from computers to GPS to electronics and more. The people at CarShield also understand that you need payment flexibility. So they have plans that start as low as $99 a month with no long-term contracts or commitments. So if you're doing what I'm doing, which is paying off my car, your warranty is going to run out at some point. So head over to the number one auto protection provider. That is CarShield, more than a million customers and growing, and you can drive with confidence. They also give you 24-7 roadside assistance, complimentary, of course, and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free, and you get to pick your favorite dealership or mechanic to do the work. They take care of the rest. So for as low as $99 a month, you could protect yourself from surprises, save thousands for a cover repair. Call 800-CAR-6000, mention code KAREN, or visit carshield.com, use code KAREN to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code KAREN. A deductible may apply.
1: Like just, you said, the you have a no, no, it's also reputation linked. If you're you, you also linked by your reputation. You're not just choosing color, you're using reputation. And there have been for many years black people who see money people and they look at our own people and we look at ourselves and say, I don't trust that. I want the Jewish doctor. I want the Jewish thing. I'm not I'm these things are systemic also in our minds. But also again, if you've had certain people managing your money over a certain amount of years, it's hard to flip the whole thing over to someone and again for newer people coming in is difficult for people who have been here when there was nothing. And it was a drought and no one, I, I was there when there was no Jada, no Nia, none of those. There were no ingenues. What do you say to them now? I'm saying you sh- they should support and foster those relationships so they can gain the exposure and credibility and validity they need. But it is tough to look at everyone with and paint them with the same brush.
2: Hey, Jaya, I've got a question for you about sort of yeah. what Erica is saying. And it is for, for those, if you are a black artist, do you think it's fair to say if I have white representation and I've had white representation in certain buckets for a long time, hey, I still want you to be my guy or I still want you to be my person, but I want you to add some color to your team. I want you to apprentice some people so that, for the next round, so when my kid decides to start doing commercials, that my kid can have a black agent, too, or that your team becomes more diverse. Is there is, is there appetite for that in Hollywood?
3: There should be. You know, I, especially right now, you know, if you are a black artist represented by these all white companies i think now is the time to start asking these companies and start holding these companies accountable as to why don't you have any black people here you know um three arts management is the largest management company in this industry represents kevin hart represents cl hugley doesn't have one black woman working there only has one black man working in the entire company you know and i think if you're out here Tweeting Black Lives Matter all day, every day, and you're not even holding some of these companies accountable that you're funneling millions of dollars to every day. I think that's a problem. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh. It feels like gonna... it's a relationship game, too, Jaya. Like yeah. I, I get it. Like young Hollywood feels like a lot of relationships and connections and things like that. So it feels like it that there may be a sea change there. But on the client side, I know as a person in corporate America. When I talked to to all the people that were pitching me business, and I said, if you don't, you can't pitch me business, a black executive without some black people in your company. Mm-hmm. And then once I chose my company, once I chose my my PR firm or whomever, they introduced me to every black person they hired for the next six months. They were like, hey, we want you to meet Angela. You know, she went to Spellman. I was like, listen, I get it. You you understood what I said. You are now hiring a lot of black. You don't have to introduce me to every single one. Talk about what your expectations for change are. What does success look like with this when we talk representation? Erica? Yeah. Oh, he, I'm sorry, Jaya. Oh. No, Go no,
1: ahead, no. Hi, Erica. <laughs> no, I expected no, her to answer the question, so I'm not ready.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Go
1: ahead. I'll come, I'll come on your heels. I'll come on your heels, Jaya. Okay.
0: Hilarious. Thing.
3: <laughs> No, I think, you know, and I wish I could, could put, like, you know, an exact number or an exact percentage on what success looks like, you know, it, with regards to representation. But really, at the end of the day, I would just like to see, you know, more black talent across the board, writers, producers, actors, have black folks on their team. And, you know, in my opinion, it just comes down to the dollar and making sure that we're recycling all this money within our own communities. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I wish I had a quantifiable – um, answer for you. But, um, you know, that overall, that's, that, that to me is what success looks like. And it also looks like obviously more Black-owned talent agencies in this town, more Black-owned PR firms in this town, more Black-owned law firms in this town. So I think ownership, Black ownership is
1: also a very important piece of this puzzle as well. And to, to be clear, um, um, I have one of the reasons why I know Jai is because we've worked together. And um, I appreciate how strong and um, intentional she's been. She's not afraid of the system that she's trying to break, and neither am I. Um, one of the things that I should be clear, I want you to know that advocacy within the organization you're in is, is necessary and vital, and I do it where I am at Michael Green. Um, uh, Jennifer Levine is my manager over at Untitled. I was fired by my agent when I was 37 years old. They thought my career was over. I'm 50 now. Fire. And um, you haven't lived, uh, in, I guess, in, 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 as, a, as a as an artist, you're used to rejection, but rejection inside of people who are supposed to represent you, and then you see the people they've kept. You go, but I've been a steady moneymaker. And it really does go to the core of having these relationships are some t- they're marriages. And there's, is not, again, and so we need to, have a more vital um, um organizations inside of it so I, I that's why i support what she's doing um i i believe in that that's why color farm media is around because i want to change that i want to give the people who have the, having these conversations and able to you know lebron can do whatever he wants to now and that's great and if he starts to say to these big organizations you're going to do this and you're going to do that he can move those mountains I can say it, and they'll be like, "Of course, Erica. Sure, yes, 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 and yes." And just like you said, Drew, they'll show you one or two, and you'll be like, making but you don't even know that the whole back of the house that you that you don't see, and you know, and that they don't show you is a very sort of Caucasian esque situation. You you keep running up against these things and saying, you know, I'm I, I I need to be more powerful. So let me do another movie, and then they'll hear me. And you, to get that movie, you need more powerful agencies and all that. It's really sometimes a catch-22 for an artist to want to change these things inside but don't have the power that they think they need or want to move. But right now they're thinking, well, if I move, I'll collapse the whole thing. And how do I pay my rent? And how do I reestablish all those things that I I spent decades trying to build? So um, we talk about this. Carla Santiago is a young woman, Puerto Rican. We have these great conversations about what if, Several big um, from other agents created a new agency, and how many clients would they get off of that? And I said that would be wonderful if they did. I'm not an agent, so I can't do that. Um, but I, you know, I wonder if I would jump ship and say, "Hey, Michael, it's been great, but I got to go and do this and improve um, and prove the methodology that I'm that I'm saying."
0: But but Erica, yeah. you spoke to something, you know, and I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna say something a little bit off to some people. Because I I think, you know, what we're talking about here is not just about representation, skin color, because you don't have to be black to represent blackness. And I I believe that. And you could be black, black, black and still look at the world through a white lens. And I've seen that a lot, a lot, a lot. All skin folk and kin folk. And at the end of the day, I don't care that you're just black. I need you to 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 double down on on empowering the people that you're representing. I I think about the guy that did uh, Watchmen, Damon Lindelof. And I keep coming back to him because he discovered something for the first time, which was the Tulsa Massacre. And it shifted his universe to the point where he took that Watchmen thing, much to the chagrin of some people that love Watchmen as a comic strip, they were mad about the direction that he took it in. But this one white man decided to, to tell a story that they weren't ready for, didn't expect, And I don't know if it could have been told any better. Even to the end, with that black woman about to put her foot, hey, Regina, on that water, you knew she was going to walk on water. At some point, you knew she was God. When you think about your future, you usually think about goals. Where do I want to end up? Well, I'm encouraging you to dream. This is a good time to do that. Let's substitute dreams for goals, and suddenly you can plan even bigger, because no one ever has small dreams. So I'm encouraging you to dare to dream bigger and start your bigger future with a degree from Ashford University. If you were thinking about going back to school, here's a good time. Ashford University online bachelor's and master's degree programs will allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert teachers give you real life experience, real world experience and online classes built for your life's twists and turns. And you can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, psychology, and they have 24-hour, 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, financial aid. Ashford gives you the tools you need to go from dreaming to doing. So go from dreaming to doing. Your bigger future starts today at Ashford University. There are no fees to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.com edu slash karen ashford.edu slash karen that's ashford.edu slash karen not all programs are available in all states and (laughs) and and so i say all this to say you know there's that there's also tyler Perry, who did not work within the framework of a system took Hollywood kissed my butt, New York kissed my butt. I'm going to do this in Atlanta, in my house. I'm funding it myself. I'm going to build my own thing with my people, doing the Chitlin Circuit thing that I'm doing. I'm going to take Chitlin Circuit, put it on the movie, on the big screen. Black people showed up for him. And he now has a studio that literally Black Panther was shot out of and didn't close down during COVID because he could house people on this studio lot and make movies and, 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 and TV shows nonstop. So there's that as well. What do you ladies say about, you know, and Drew as well, what those models of of success? Jaya. Well, since you mentioned
1: Watchmen, can I just say something? Because I've written a a graphic novel and you're talking about speculative fiction for years. Those artists would go into those comic cons in those basements and be brilliant and draw those characters, and nobody would come and visit them. They a lot of their their uh, the people who supported them over the years have been these fanboys, white, black, and otherwise, but a largely white audience. And the reason why you have Black Panther is because you have somebody like Christopher Priest who created the Black Panther we see now. So Black Panther was created by Stan Lee and Jack. King Kirby, but the back camp that we we see now was written and created by um, and by Christopher Priest. People don't even know who Christopher Priest is. So if you want to talk about being black and representing blackness when no one's watching. These people have done it for years. They didn't have representation that wouldn't look at them sideways, black woman, female, and otherwise. They did it because of the love of, of the, um, the arena they were in, and they did it because that's what they were born to do. If you know Nettie Khorfor, the person who came to her aid when, they, when she won an award, the Nebula Award for Best Science Fiction, outside of Octavia Butler, there's probably no one bigger in terms of their, um, their, their background, is Nettia Corfour was Ger- George R.R. R. Martin, Game of Thrones. George R.R. R. Martin stood up for her and then got her a deal, HBO. And now she's Nettie Okorafor for people know who she is. But black people didn't even know she is. We have got to, and we've said this over and over again, no matter who and what represents you, you have to represent yourself first and go find these creators. They are starving to death. They are going broke. They are, they'll have health care, their teeth are gone, and they still show up every day to do their job. So the fact that Damon Lindelof, who did Lost and all that, could suddenly come in, walk into Watchmen, and then find out that he had a perfect landscape to lay over a uh, racial uh, justice um, social uh, activist superhero on and get Regina... Um, to, to do, Regina King took a whole mess of roads to get there. But the longest road was for Regina King. The longest road was for people with Watchmen who understood that they were talking about something that had to deal with political unease and the unrest of society and the determination to, um, to live past uh, people's motives to have um, the, death, the death instinct in them. And so I kind of, although I loved Watchmen and what he did, I resented that it took a white man to do that. And you're right. He's at the top of his game. He's a fantastic storyteller. But could people have done it? Yes. Have they tried? Yes. Were they going to be given the Watchmen whole um, um, uh, ethos to do it? No. They gave it to a white man to do. And there's something to be said about that.
0: But let me, let me just push back a little bit. Would it get done? If a black person, unless it's a Tyler Perry type, and that's the other model that I'm talking about, no, that, right? it wouldn't have gotten done. So do we, that's my point, do, 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 that's we my do we do we forsake it getting done for for you know, being done by us? Like, I, I just I, I, I'd rather get done and then we could litigate it say. afterwards. <laughs>
1: me, too. But I'm just letting you know that he's able to do that because of the work oh, of the black people who showed it to him. So I'm giving him props. I'm also saying there's a whole mess of stories that they're going to start to lay over their templates because white men are out of style. They're, they, Ooh. you know, they he knew, he saw the, the, the landscape and he said, let me put two and two together and see what, see how that buzzes. And so I don't, I don't, I don't think he's wrong for that. I'm just saying right. he didn't do it when back in the day when he could have put his, you know, right. it would have cost him a lot more money. He did it when By the way, everybody's representation is telling them they need to find more things to do with people of color.
0: And then American Gods does the opposite and gets rid of Orlando Jones because that character is too black. Too black. Nancy. Anansi is too black. Yes. Jaya, (laughs) what do you say to this? No, I uh,
3: covered everything. I I can't even follow that. So I, I agree with everything she just said.
0: All right. So somebody out there is listening right now and they are budding actors and for me, though, I sit here every day and I'm like, why are we always going through their system? I hate their system, their system, whether we're talking about education, housing, political. It has never been designed for us to win. Let's stop playing their game. Let's do our own thing. That's why I bring up Tyler Perry time and time again, because he completely plays his own game and they got to walk in lockstep with that. And there's nothing they could do about it, because guess what? We supported him. Black people, he made his money on the backs of black people's dollars. And so he doesn't owe them anything. He owes us everything. Is that the model of the future, Jaya? I
3: think so. You know, I am 1,000, a million percent be, uh, behind black ownership. And I do think we need more black ownership in this industry. I know for a lot of folks, financing is an issue, you know, for a lot of black folks finding the money to really start up, you know, a conglomerate or a big media company can sometimes be um, a hurdle for a lot of people, but yeah, you know, I'm a thousand percent behind Tyler Terry's model and us carving out our own ownership and our own model. But I also think we need to do it. There are some black owned, you know, Companies that are out here and some black owned networks out here that I you know that I think we need to do a better job of supporting as well you know like what um, tell us
0: what we're not like doing even the
3: even like even like a TV one you know they're not knocking out numbers you know like I think they should be and I think they have some good content um you
0: know, there are okay. black, you know uh, we, we, we can't hear you we can't hear you uh, is the- out, we're we're out. out. Yeah. It's the hair. It's beautiful. Can you hear me right. now? Yes, TV One, TV One. You said we we need to do a better job supporting, but that that goes two ways as well. Um, oh, yeah, we no, supported, I, oh, right. we supported that that Clark sister thing. I think we supported the hell out of it when it's good. good
1: lifetime.
0: That well, never mind. Uh, why, well, then I don't I know, all right, I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. <laughs> why did Why did TV One do the Clark sisters? All right. Anyway. But they,
3: yeah, I mean, there's a fire. There's bounce. I'll tell there's you a lot why. Of
0: Okay, well, tell us why, Erica. Because they don't have the, they don't have the budget. They
1: actually hold themselves, and I'm not saying they. I don't know who funds TV One. Again, we're talking about things that we don't even know are black owned. We just know they do black um, black content. But um, they they don't have the uh, the uh, the budget to do larger shows. And I'm sure the minute that Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, and uh, Mary J. Blige got involved, they were they they got involved so they they could bring more budget. So the Clark sisters could have a better, um, you know, just more muscle and, 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 the, and the quality be up. But, you know, I have to, I can't go past the Tyler Perry model to say that there's some detriment to the model that he's done to, to, that I don't, I not was unsustainable, but was unfair. And the reason I say it is because I don't want to sit here and be a hypocrite. That we can hold up people, but we also have to say that that model put a lot of people um, they didn't get a lot of what they deserved when those crews worked on it. He has a model where he's been able to, pull, to uh, like a factory, push out content at a um, huge amount in very short amount of time. And how that, that's done is that you can do four to five episodes of any sitcom that might be on there per week. Now, that means that won't matter for me as an actress because SAG forces you to pay me per episode. You can do my episode in a day. You could take... Um, you know, eight days, but that's what happens. But for the crew, they get paid per week the same amount of money, whether they do five shows or one. Now, you tell me how much money is being stacked up when you can allow for your crews to ha- to work like that, and then suddenly you have a hundred shows where it would take you five years to do what we did on Living Single. It takes them less than six months. And then, does that mm. return back to the community? that churned out those shows in her, her, Herculean time, does that go back to them? Are we, Or does it build a studio? And you might say, well, yes, it does. That community now has a studio. But if that's the template, then we need to see more that that money is going to the community that's giving up those, that, and the sacrifice of that sweat equity. That's sweat equity. It's not, not something for him to pocket or him to invest in more of himself. It's for him to invest in the crew and the people that created the factory machine that he built his great studio on. A lot of people don't like to talk about that, and I can see why. He's a very powerful man, and I've met him, and he's been a wonderful person to meet. I've never worked with him. But, the, the, but if I could give that huge criticism, it's large, because say what you want about Cosby, Oprah, or Spike Lee. They paid their people. They did and it might have taken them more money to do it in New York or Chicago or, you know, wherever you are, but they paid them. And they were able to, to they couldn't do as much as quickly, but they still were significant. So you can do both. And there's something about being said about being good for goodness sake and, 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 and not just sort of holding people up and then not looking at how they got there. And so I say that to say, yes, I support the brother. Yes, he's magnificently talented and a a financial genius in terms of how he's created this, um, new, uh, the new platform outside of the the status quo. But we also must make sure that those community dollars and the people that he, that pushed that forward, they get that the benefit of the sacrifice.
0: And on that note, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. I, I, I like that. We're not just talking in circles, you know, this is critical thinking, and it's not either or, it's and, it's this, it's that, it's not white or black. Yeah, if the white person is doing right by us, then we celebrate it. If not, we hold everybody up to the light. And I think that that's really where we are. No one gets a pass in this moment. I think no one gets a free pass or a free ride on our backs ever again if if no. we're going to make this permanent. Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. Drew, you got anything before we yeah, check I out?
2: Was, uh, I, the last thing I, I, I really am curious about is, how do we how do we start? Because what we know, what we now know, you can look at Nielsen, you can look at all of the ratings, you can look at the numbers, and we know that when you have a person of color, particularly an African American, at the top of the call sheet, that content is by and large doing extremely well, right? Um, b- uh, black people say have saved all kinds of shows, not just black shows. Black folks have sh- saved Asian shows. They've saved you know shows about uh, everything that you can think of. How do we start the conversation, Erica and Jaya, about the impact of cultural competency in professional circles? The fact that I am I intrinsically understand Black culture that informs how I represent you as an artist to these studios, how I represent you, how I represent you in financial situations. Cultural competency. In understanding blackness, understanding the fact that that black people drive culture, we are pop culture, which means that as America goes, as the rest of the world goes, how do we start to get people to understand the value of it? Because when people get it, particularly in corporate spaces, they really get it. The light bulb goes off. How do we start to have those conversations to where you think it's not just a warm, fuzzy, good thing to have some people of color and people who have cultural competency, it's also good for how this deal gets done.
3: Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, I think as black people, you know, not to, not to sound repetitive, but I think we need to lead by example, you know, Um, and, and demonstrate this by continuing and doing a better job of hiring our own. Um, And also, having stronger stronger demands like on these productions. You know, a lot of times um, we may be at the top of the call sheet, but a lot of the folks behind the call sheet, a lot of the executives, a lot of the people making the decisions are white folks. And I think now is an opportune time for us to start demanding that a lot of the people behind the scenes, a lot of the executives, you know, a lot of the decision makers start to look like us. Um, and I think we have the power to do it. And I, I think now is the time for more of us to do that.
1: Yeah, and I like to give a shout out to Monique right now for what I'm going to say because the Nielsen ratings and things like that are just one measure of a man, but she talked about the algorithm that she thought was inherently biased, racist and gender. She that didn't know the value of what she could bring to any one show. She felt hostage to it, and she wanted people to put people on blast that this was happening. It has always happened when quantifying the value of black women, and it has always placed us way lower than our street cred, and that's a fact. So the thing about it is a global economy that we're talking about, that the cultural competence you're talking about, that the person needs to know about the person, they need to know something about global finance and how these markets work because we're talking about skin color and we can't even have that conversation until they understand how that money moves, frankly. And that money is moving across the ocean and then corrupted by all the marketing where they push the white faces inside of even black projects brad pitt had to come to the age of 12 years of slave. they put him at the front like it was his movie and he said i didn't know that's what they were doing they've done that for decades so we don't even get credit to the type of of, uh, performances and value that we bring because they'll push forward a, a second third fourth lead before they'll say that we're responsible for this movie they've it's so corrupt. It's not just algorithms. It's not just that. type. It's it's just literally one of the ways it's built. The whole system is, um, is toxic. So we need different ways to, uh, to uh, hold them accountable because no, nobody really understood to come to that sister's um, uh, rescue. When she was talking about, she's a Lily Ledbetter of her time. She was talking mm. about my salary is, you're paying me less than the value of it. And because they didn't like how she came and who she came with and what she was doing, did not make her argument any less substantial or fact. It's a fact. And um, I know for sure that when they showed Living Single in syndication, the people, who, not the person who has it now, who sells it in syndication, were selling other shows around it who, that garner amazing uh, ratings inside of, you know, all. Uh, other markets at less than market value. And they asked him how he was getting the, the the market value he got. He said, I show him the data. I said, you put that show on, you see who watches. You don't have to argue black or white. Show them that data and say, this is what you're going to get and this is the, the value of the marketing dollars around it. And he would do that. They were undervaluing and taking money off the table because they didn't know the value of even what they had through data. That's how it, um, intrinsically toxic racism is. So when we talk about these systems, we need to talk about it from a financial health system and for the fact that people would actually destroy their own bottom line off of the, the their, what does uh, um, President Bush call it, the uh, the soft racism of low expectations.
0: yes. We're going to continue to have this conversation. You ladies will both be back individually and together, collectively. Erica, what are you working on right now? Erica, the oh. great, E. Alex, the great on the Twitters.
1: <laughs> I'm working on good trouble. Sorry, there's a dog in the background. I think they found me. Um, uh, <laughs> run, Harriet, run. Give me my <laughs> so, You may not even hear the dog, but I'm just trying to tell everybody what's going on. Anyway, um, I'm John Tr- John John Lewis Good Trouble is the new documentary. It's a Magnolia Pictures and Participant Films and CNN production. Um, we're at Color Farm. Ben Arnon is my co-founder, and we started working on that nearly two years ago. And we're distributing it in the middle of a pandemic and finding different ways to create participant, uh, sorry, um, mm-hmm. collaborations and participation with uh, virtual cinema and rev shares with uh, religious institutions, NAACP, UNCF, HBCU, um, MBA. They've been our partners in this. John Lewis is nonpartisan. People love him as a a figure of leadership and also voting rights and just one of the founding fathers of America. I'm proud to be a part of this. Um, How I got into it is because you know me. Uh, Karen, for many years coming and talking politics and trying to keep up with you a little bit. But every time I leave you, I leave a lot smarter because of what you do. And thank you for all that you do. But this film is going to be dropped on July 3rd for July 4th weekend. It'll go up against Hamilton. So let's give them a little good trouble. Please support it. It will be in theaters, some theaters. It'll be at drive-ins. I'm going to the Rose Bowl to see it. It'll also be day and date streaming. And so check out how you can see it that way. Go to makegoodtrouble.com. And I appreciate everybody who's uh, supported me through my career. This new career as a producer and a writer has been a real journey. And I appreciate all the encouragement I've gotten, certainly all the uh, love I've gotten from you, Karen. You've always supported me at every level. And thank you for your example. Thank you, Drew, too. Thank you.
0: Oh, man. All right. Make Good Trouble. We, yeah. we
1: work with Jaya too, and she keeps our contracts. going. Yes.
0: And you guys can follow Jaya at J A I A Thomas on the Twitters, and of course, Diverse Rep on Twitter, and go to DiverseRepresentation.com to see all of the wonderful black people out there representing us. And I want to thank you, ladies. Uh, MakeGoodTrouble.com. Uh, make it a must see. July 3rd. I'm going to keep talking about it. Erica, thank you so Please. much as well. Uh, you can follow her at E Alex the Great on Twitter because she's got a nice Twitter feed as well.